Hello, I'm Jacob Kruger, and this is the Write Your Screenplay podcast. For this final 2017 Screenwriting Challenge check-in, and before we get back to our regular program of breaking down movies, I want to talk about what to do with the many pages you've now generated, and how to keep your rhythm going once the Screenwriting Challenge is over. Last week, we talked about the Om Humaniversity meditation that I experienced during my retreat here in Thailand. And as promised, this podcast will end with a new 12-step writing exercise based on that meditation. And also, I would like to invite all of you living in New York to come celebrate the end of the Screenwriting Challenge by joining us at our Screenwriting Challenge party, which is also a big celebration of our first year at our new space. You can RSVP for that free event at writeyourscreenplay.com challenge. As we discussed last week, great writing begins by getting your vulnerabilities out on the page, the parts of you that you don't normally express, the truths that you don't normally look at, the characters that exist inside of you, both the beautiful ones that you want to share with the world, and also the ones that scare or maybe even disgust you, who often represent parts of you that you don't want to believe are possible or that you would never express in the outside world. That doesn't mean that you are your characters. It means that you contain them, some in a form that's already integrated into your personality and others in a form that's not integrated or not expressed. Meditation experts talk about the breath as a waveform, as a symbol for the polarity of life. The inhale and the exhale, the positive and the negative, the good and the bad, the yin and the yang, the dark and the light. And I would like to suggest to you to think of writing as a waveform as well. In our Western society, we're taught to push out the negative, to judge it, to blame it, to feel guilt about it. But Eastern thought views it in a different way, as a natural part of that waveform, existing as a balance. To put it in a simpler way, whatever you or your characters are expressing in the world, the opposite also exists in you and in them, in equal proportion whether it is expressed or not. It's actually the existence of this polarity that makes structure possible because it's the existence of this polarity that makes change possible. Neither you nor your characters are fixed entities. You're not just one way. We are constantly changing, breathing in and breathing out. Think about who you were in high school. Now think about who you are now. Notice the vast difference between those two characters. Yet despite the changes that we all go through, we don't think of ourselves as constantly changing. We think about ourselves as fixed entities. I am this or I am that. And we often think of our characters in the same way. In classic television, if you think back to shows like Seinfeld or The Golden Girls, that was necessary. Back then, shows were distributed in a serialized form, where characters never changed. The distribution model meant that the real money was made in reruns, which often came out of order. 
An audience needed to be able to see episode 3 of Seinfeld and then episode 125 of Seinfeld and still feel like Jerry Seinfeld was Jerry Seinfeld. So structure had to grow from a different place, from the situation in which you put these static characters. And that's actually where the word sitcom comes from, situation comedy. But if you think of some of the greatest feature films, you'll see that the characters are not static, that they change in tremendous ways. Today, even in TV and web series, we've seen a shift to this kind of structure emerge. And with it, a renaissance in television and web series writing. This shift was fueled not only by the bold choices of showrunners on great shows like The Wire or Breaking Bad or Arrested Development, but also by the change in the business model of television. As studios and networks switched from a serialized distribution model, where reruns were watched in random order, to a video-on-demand model, where shows were binge-watched from start to finish. Because of the episodic quality of TV series and the different structural demands that come with it, the way a character structurally changes in TV and web series will likely always be different from feature films. But nevertheless, the concept is the same. The most powerful form of structure comes from a character who, just like us, believes themselves to be a static, very specific kind of person, who then goes through a huge change in which an unexpressed part of their own polarity comes to light and is integrated into their being. This could be a beautiful expression of a repressed capacity for love, like we see in Jack Nicholson's character in As Good As It Gets. Or it could be an expression of a repressed darkness, like a good man's capacity for selfishness and violence that we see in Walter White's character in Breaking Bad. It doesn't matter whether the change is positive or negative. It's the capacity for change, or even sometimes the refusal to change in light of that capacity, that draws us into these characters' journeys. Because it's that capacity that sheds light on our own capacity to change. This is the one thing we have in common as human beings. We all want to change. And that desire is a natural expression of the polarity in all of us. The desire to be fully ourselves, to integrate both the inhale and the exhale, the dark and the light sides of our nature. Or, as Jung might put it, to tap into the collective unconscious in order to become more fully ourselves. To tap into the entirety of the universe that exists somewhere within us in order to experience the parts of us that we didn't know or didn't want to know existed. When we see Walter White on our TV screens, there's a part of us that identifies him, that says, that's me up there. That doesn't mean that we agree with Walter White's actions or that we would ever purposely emulate him. It, it just means that by stripping off his mask and allowing the unexpressed parts of Walter White to show themselves, or maybe better said, through the braver the writer, Vince Gilligan, to expose those parts of himself through Walter White. By doing that, we also allow the audience to experience and to make sense of 
that repressed part of themselves. The Greeks called this catharsis, the feeling of relief that we experience when identifying with another's tragedy or comedy and going through it with them. When we stop seeing others as so different from us and start realizing that we are all the same. To acknowledge, as Walt Whitman wrote, I am large, I contain multitudes. The goal of meditation in many traditions is to transcend that polarity, to open the seventh chakra, to connect to the spiritual plane. But that transcendence doesn't come through repressing the polarity. It comes from integrating it, from focusing on both sides of the breath, by allowing all the different kinds of thoughts in our minds to pass by us without judgment or repression, and also without identifying with them, without saying, that's me, by keeping focused on the breath and the breath alone, both the inhale and the exhale, until those warring thoughts within us become integrated and we find that transcendent place of peace. And the goal of writing in many ways is the same. To enter a meditative state in which we can strip off our masks and connect to both sides of our own polarity. The many different and conflicting and downright contradictory characters and emotions that exist already inside of us to blow life into them and to put them onto the page without judgment or repression, but also without identifying, allowing them to make the choices that they would make, not the ones that we would make, allowing them to change and suffer and change and flourish in ways that we do not dare to do ourselves. To keep digging and digging until the unexpressed parts of those characters also come into view on the page. To keep putting them in situations where they have to make big choices. Until they have no choice but to integrate those parts of themselves that they were repressing. Until they have no choice but to change. In meditation, the point of focus that carries us through the swirl of painful and contradictory thoughts is the breath, the inhale and the exhale. In writing, the point of focus is the want, the one thing the character wants more than anything in the world. It's the choices that our characters make in pursuit of that want that will become, organically, the structure of our movie. And it is the focus on that want that will help us navigate through the maelstrom not only of our own thoughts but also of all the well-meaning suggestions of so many other people that threaten to disrupt us as we navigate our characters journeys at the studio we teach this concept by breaking down writing into three different approaches most of our students begin in my write your screenplay class where we learn to find our structure organically by connecting to the character's wants and using them to guide our structure, building a dance between the conscious and the subconscious part of the writing process. Or they begin in our meditative writing classes, where we approach the same thing through a different door, building our voices as writers by writing entirely in a meditative state, connecting to our characters on a primal level, 
and learning how to take off the mask that both we and our characters like to wear. And then we use that to discover a back door into structure. Once those core skills of voice and structure are developed, in our Write Your Screenplay Level 2 classes, we focus on building the technical craft skills necessary to shape that raw material into a form as powerful for the audience and producer as it is for the writer. And finally, in our screenwriting and meditative masterclasses and in our ProTrack mentorship program, we focus on integrating all three approaches, the art, the craft, and the structure of writing. But it's vital to understand that until you're able to get that raw material truthfully onto the page, to tap into your characters and your instincts, your characters want your breath as a writer, none of these other ideas that you read about are going to help you. They're just going to be more thoughts, blowing you in all different directions, building a thicker and thicker mask around your writing, when really what you're trying to do is to take it off. That is the goal of the challenge, to build some of this raw material so that you can then begin to shape it. So start by looking at your pages and don't look for what's good. Look for what feels true. Look for the moments that create an emotional reaction in you, even if that reaction is disgust or shame. And trust that this is your most powerful stuff. Then start digging. If you've gotten to know your character's inhale, then ask yourself, what's the exhale? What's the part of their polarity that they are not expressing? What would it take for them to make a different kind of choice? Look for the things that don't make sense. The parts of them that feel true but don't fit with the rest of what you wrote. To an untrained eye, these might look like problems that need to be fixed. But great writers know that this is actually the point of entry. The doorway to the other side of your character's polarity. The other side of the mask. The other side of the wave. Finally, Focus on your character's want. You can do this consciously by noticing the pragmatic things that they're pursuing in the world. Or you can do it meditatively by focusing on the primal emotional needs, the feelings that drive those characters. So what do you do when you're writing, but you still don't feel like you're getting that true part of you or your characters onto the page? What do you do when the writing still feels dissociated or disconnected or cliche or just too writerly? First, recognize that this is normal. Nobody is connected all the time, in writing or in anything else. No one's mask is off all the time. So look for the moments where the mask comes down and see if you can build from there. Usually the answers you need to connect are already on the page. And if you're not seeing them yourself yet, a good teacher can help you find them. Second, one of the ways that you can connect to your characters is by working on taking down your own mask, finding new ways to look inside and discover the parts of you where your characters reside. Recognize that strong, often extreme emotions may arise when you do this. 
emotions that you don't normally express in the real world. And that these emotions may manifest as judgment of your writing. Please resist that trap. Great writing doesn't come from judgment. It comes from openness to all the different parts of yourself. Which brings us to the Om University meditation, which I talked about last week. As I mentioned, the goal of this 12-step meditation is to strip off the acceptable masks that we all wear and instead to embrace the emotions that we normally judge or fear. The emotions that make us vulnerable or that might lead others to make negative judgments about us. The goal is to strip off our masks as a group and express those emotions together in a safe environment where everyone else is doing the same thing. I found it so helpful personally that I wanted to share it with you. So I adapted this meditation into a special 12-step writing exercise. If you have three to four hours and want the most powerful effect, you can do this all in one day. Or you can spread it out over 12 writing days for a less intense experience. Each step of the exercise corresponds to another repressed emotion. I'm going to briefly describe the idea as it was used in the meditation that I experienced and then describe how you can use it as a writing exercise. You can do each step of this exercise in one of two ways, either in the voice of a character or in your own voice if you want to work on those emotions in yourself. So you can pick a character that you want to follow or you can do it like a journal. Either way is going to be hugely beneficial, but it's important that you don't mix and match characters. Don't bounce from a character in one step and then yourself in another. Don't bounce from this character in this step and then this character in another. What we're trying to do is we're trying to dig really deep in one place. We're not trying to dig shallowly in many places. So please stay with one character for the duration of this exercise. Here's what you're going to need. You're going to need a timer. You're going to need a pen and paper or a laptop, depending on how you like to write. You're going to need a voice recorder or a voice recording app for your cell phone. You're going to need 12 minutes of music that inspires you. So go ahead and get a playlist queued up and ready to go. And if you've got a great playlist, uh, you can go to our Facebook page and you can also share it there so that other people can experience your awesome, inspiring 12 minutes of songs. If you wish, you can also prepare a playlist for each step if you feel that music will help you. Each playlist should be 12 minutes long, except for step three, which is going to be 36 minutes long. Read through the steps first so that you can find the right music for each step. Finally, please note that this is quite an intense meditative exercise. So please do it in a safe place and at a time when you don't have to rush out and do something else immediately afterwards, when it's okay to sit with the many emotions that are likely to come up. If you want a text version to follow along, you can also find that here on my website, writeyourscreenplay.com slash meditation. 
I'm also planning to teach a live version of this writing meditation and to offer it both in New York City and online in the near future. So uh, that hasn't been announced yet, but it's something that I'm very excited about doing. So if you'd like to be notified about that, if you want to be a part of doing this exercise in a group and in a more expansive way, uh, you can use the sign-up form on my website, which is also at writeyourscreenplay.com slash meditation, and we will let you know as soon as we're ready to proceed. So this is the exercise, and in each step, I'm going to talk about how it worked in the meditation that I experienced, and then I'll talk about the adaptation, how to do it as a screenwriting exercise. So step one is hatred. And here's how it worked in the meditation. The thing about hatred is that in life, we feel hatred all the time sometimes even for people we love. And that feeling doesn't come from a rational place, it comes from a primal one, from a reptilian place, from the part of our mind that is based in survival. But the rational part of us censors that emotion. We fear expressing that hatred, sometimes believing that it's wrong to feel that way, sometimes because we fear that other people are gonna hate us back, maybe even permanently, if we actually express how we're feeling at that moment. In the first step of the meditation I experienced, each participant chooses a partner. And you spend the first six minutes screaming, I hate you, at the top of your lungs, followed by any other offensive epithets that come to mind. Right at that person, as that person screams their own hatred back at you. It's a really intense experience and oftentimes what happens is you stop visualizing the person is actually in front of you and you actually start to see the people that you really wanted to say those words to but didn't. For the second six minutes of the sequence, you move around the group, pairing off for a little while with each participant and it actually gives you an odd chance to experience all these different flavors of hatred and to notice how those different flavors affect your own. Personally, one of the most powerful parts of this for me was when I rotated away from the many people who were expressing animalistic rage and into the hatred of a woman who said each word really calmly with that quiet, like, mocking condescension of a snobby schoolgirl. This brought up feelings that I hadn't had since elementary school. And for me, a whole new range in the spectrum of my own feelings that I didn't even know that I contained. So here's how I want you to use it in the meditation. Set a timer for six minutes and write a dialogue scene in which your main character, it's okay if it's you, expresses their most primal hatred for another character. One who represents, metaphorically or symbolically, someone who you or your character personally feels a tremendous amount of personal rage towards. I want you to write nonstop and don't hold anything back. If you find that you've exhausted all of your character's anger for a moment, switch to the other character's perspective and allow them to fully express their hatred back at your character. 
when the secondary character exhausts himself or herself, switch back to your main character and keep going until the timer dings. Do not stop to think or for any other reason. Just let it rip. And make sure that the only emotion expressed is some form of hatred. This is not the time to listen or see the other person's perspective. This is not the time to be reasonable. When the timer dings, set it for another six minutes right away. And rotate your character through as many additional characters as you can. Allow each character to fully express their hatred and for your characters to express theirs back at least once. And when it feels like you've had enough, get to the next character out there. See how many different flavors of hatred, how many different characters you can experience. And notice how each flavor expands the range of your main characters in our world. Step two is about love and forgiveness. There's a longer version of this own meditation that actually takes place in 13 steps over, I believe it's three days. Um, but in the version I experienced, love and forgiveness were actually merged. So love is perhaps the most vulnerable emotion for us. And in many ways, it's the other side of the coin of hatred. They exist in a way in proportion to each other. So for this 12-minute sequence, what happened in the meditation was that participants paired off with the same people that they expressed their hatred towards, slowly looking into each other's eyes until a genuine feeling of love emerges. Without rushing it, when the feeling comes for one of the participants, they allow themselves to speak. The first thing they say is, I'm sorry I hurt you. And then when the next feeling comes, the next thing they say is, I love you. When the first person to speak is done, the second person does the same. You each allow the feeling to fully land, and then you embrace in a hug. You hug for as long as feels right, and when the hug ends, you move to another person. Until you've said, I love you, to all the people you expressed hatred for. It's pretty incredible how strongly you can feel love at this moment for people that you don't even know. So here's how you can do this as a writing exercise. Set a timer for 12 minutes. Start with the character you felt the most hatred for. In your mind's eye, imagine that you, or you as your character, are staring into that other character's eyes. And write nonstop all the things that you see there. These may be physical observations, like I see the gold flecks in your blue eyes. They may be emotional ones, like I see your sadness. Or they may be historical, real, or imagined. I see the scars your father left in you. Keep writing until the genuine feeling, I'm sorry I hurt you, emerges and then write that feeling down. Keep observing what you see in that character's eyes until a genuine feeling of I love you emerges. It's okay if it takes time. And when that feeling of love emerges, write I love you to end your monologue. Don't rush it. Give it the time it needs. When the first character is done speaking, allow the other character to speak back all the things they see when they look into your main character's eyes. 
until the genuine feelings, first, I'm sorry I hurt you, and then I love you, emerge in them. Right there, I'm sorry I hurt you, and there I love you as well, to end their monologue. Imagine the two characters embracing in your mind's eye, and then move on to the next character and repeat until your 12 minutes are up. Step three, the second wind. This was one of the really crazy experiences at the meditation. We set all kinds of limits for what we can accomplish. And often those limits are things that we're not even aware that we're setting. So for this step, what we did in the meditation was that each participant raised their hands over their heads. And we basically just run in place for 12 minutes straight. About halfway through, you think you're going to die. Your arms especially are so exhausted, you feel like you can't keep them up in the air any longer. But everyone cheers each other on until you realize together that you can, in fact, accomplish a lot more than you think, that you can, in fact, complete this exercise. So here's how we're going to do it as a writing exercise. I want you to set your timer for 36 minutes. You are going to write for 36 minutes straight, as fast as you can, at a sprint, not a jog. You are going to write nonstop, all monologue, all point of view from the same character. When you feel like you run out of things to say, you're going to keep writing. When you feel like you can't keep writing, you're going to keep writing. When your fingers start to cramp, you're going to keep writing. Push past the parts you know about your character and find the parts that you don't know. Just keep them talking nonstop, no matter what comes into their minds. Keep going as fast as you can until the timer rings. Step four. It's called kundalini shaking. It actually comes from a form of yoga. So what happens in the meditation for the next 12 minutes is that everybody shakes their bodies wildly, nonstop, shaking out all the emotions they've just experienced and also just the exhaustion of the running exercise and also allowing all those new emotions to shake their way out and here's how we're going to do it as a writing exercise so by now you are probably pretty tired and your fingers are probably pretty cramped so what you're going to do is you're going to set your timer for 12 minutes you're going to turn on the voice recorder of your cell phone and as you shake out your arms and then your whole body i want you to allow yourself to speak every idea every emotion that comes to you about your character or your script. Don't worry if anything you say makes sense or if it's gonna work, just shake them out. Shake out the thoughts. Keep your body moving and your words shaking out of you for the full 12 minutes. Step five. Step five is madness. One of the things that we all most fear is madness, losing control of our own minds, of our own actions. So in the meditation, what happened for the next 12 minutes was that each participant was pushed to behave as madly as possible. Objects like pillows and toilet papers are strewn across the floor, and participants are encouraged to use them madly and wrongly. The goal is to totally let go of control of your own mind. So here's what you're going to do as a writing exercise. You're going to first set a timer for three minutes. And you're going to write a monologue nonstop in your character's voice in which they describe the madness that they most fear. It may have been something that they've seen in another person or just something that they fear they might do if they totally lost control. 
write about it. Write about what it would look like. Write about what makes it so scary. Now set a timer for another nine minutes and write a scene in which that character behaves in that mad way. It doesn't have to make sense why. Just allow them to become the thing or some version of the thing that they most fear. When they completely lose control and when the maddest part of them comes out. Step six is dancing. So often, we hold back our own inspiration, our own voice. So in this sequence of the meditation, what was done was that music was played and each participant closes their eyes and dances their own personal dance to that music, fully expressing whatever that song makes them feel without even looking to see what anyone else is doing and without even wondering whose eyes are on them since everyone else's eyes are also closed. So here's how we're going to do this as a writing exercise. Set a timer for 12 minutes, hit play on that playlist, and write nonstop a scene or scenes or even just little moments or images in which your character dances the dance of their inspiration, in which your character stops noticing what other people are thinking and starts just being themselves. Take the things the music makes them feel like doing or makes them see themselves doing on the inside and allow them to act in all the ways and do all the beautiful and meaningful things the music makes them feel. You can think of it as a little music video about all the purest essence of what your character loves and who they are. Again, do this without judgment. Wherever their inspiration leads them, whatever the dance looks like for them is the right dance. So long as they feel inspired, free, and purely themselves as they do it. Step seven, crying. Crying is one of those most natural emotions, but it's one we so rarely allow ourselves to express in public. So what we did was we found a place in the room that felt safe, we sat down and we just started to cry and we kept going for a full 12 minutes. So here's how we're going to do this as a writing exercise. I want you to set your timer for 12 minutes and I want you to allow yourself to cry as you write. Write all the things that make you or your character cry. Let the tears out, all of them writing only the saddest things in your or your character's life. The regrets, the pains, the losses. Remember, this isn't for anyone but you. You don't need to make anyone else cry, only your character or yourself. If the tears don't come, that's okay. They will come eventually. Just keep on writing down nonstop all those things that hurt. And here's step eight laughing. Having cried over all the things that hurt us, we were then encouraged to learn to look at them as the laughing Buddha, the part of us that knows that we are not our sadnesses, that these pains that we experience so viscerally are actually nothing in the scope of who we are and in the scope of how big the universe is. It's a moment to laugh, not bitterly, but freely at the trivialness of the things that felt so big a moment before. 
to realize that we are so much more than that. We laugh for 12 minutes straight. And this is how you're going to do that laughing exercise. I want you to set your timer for 12 minutes and I want you to allow yourself to laugh as you write, nonstop. Finding joy and laughter as you laugh freely at the things that brought you so much sadness, grief or shame just a few moments before. As you write, really enjoy reframing all the things that seemed so big to you before, finding the ridiculousness of them. Allowing yourself to laugh at yourself, at your society, at your family, at your world, with the wisdom of a laughing Buddha. The part of you that knows that you are so much bigger than all of that. Step nine, sexuality. We all have natural sexual urges that our society requires us to sublimate and repress. So for this stage, what we did in the meditation was that participants closed their eyes and allowed themselves to move centrally around the room without seeing, brushing up against other participants, freely touching, embracing, moving with eyes closed, behaving sexually without judgment from yourself or others, and allowing people to behave sexually with you allowing this part of ourselves that we repress in public to become expressed. Everyone's wearing clothes and everyone's eyes are closed. So it's a safe environment, but it's one where touch is welcome and where it's okay to step in or to step away, depending on exactly what you feel in that moment. And here's how you can do this as a writing exercise. Set a timer for 12 minutes and write nonstop a scene in which your character explores their sexual impulses with another character who is as open as they are but not someone with whom they would normally be sexual or not in a place in which sexuality or sensuality would normally be expressed Follow both characters' urges wherever they take you, whether that's an innocent touch on the hand or passionate lovemaking. And keep following them for the full 12 minutes. Write everything you see and allow them to fully act on every impulse they have in the scene. Don't write, they make love. Watch exactly what they do, in exactly the way they do it. And let yourself write it freely and without censorship as they explore this hidden part of themselves openly together. Step 10 is called the Om. For this stage, what we did was to sit in a circle around a candle, chanting Om together, tapping into the sound of the universe, that meditative space beyond thought. And this is how I want you to approach it in the writing exercise. For this stage, you're not going to write at all. You're not going to try to achieve a goal. You're not even going to think. Instead, you're going to meditate for 12 minutes. If you haven't meditated before, that's okay. Find a comfortable seated position. A chair is fine. Rest your hands on your lap. Palms face upwards. And focus only on your breath. 
breathing in and breathing out. You can close your eyes or you can keep them open, whatever is comfortable for you. Just focus on your breath and allow yourself to, to find the space beyond thought. You are likely to notice that thoughts come. Just let them flit by and disappear, recognizing that they are just thoughts and bringing your attention back to your breath, to each inhale and each exhale until that 12 minutes is over and your timer dings. Step 11 was called the wow. So for this stage, what we did, we were invited to appreciate the wow of what we have accomplished. To sit for 12 minutes in quiet appreciation and reflection of the experience that we just had. Here's how you can do this as a writing exercise. Set your timer for 12 minutes and write nonstop in your character's voice or in your own voice about the wow of this experience for you the things your character loves and appreciates and feels gratitude for about themselves and about their experience. Step 12 is called Namaste. And Namaste is a recognition of the divine in another person. So in this step, the participants complete the meditation by saying Namaste to each other, by looking into each other's eyes and acknowledging the beauty, the divinity in one another. So as a writing exercise, here's how you can approach this. In the previous step, your character reflected on the beauty in themselves, the things that they are grateful for in their own experience. In this step, set a timer for 12 minutes and write nonstop about the divine you see in your character the things you love and appreciate and feel gratitude for in them. If you did your, this exercise as yourself and not as a character, you can write from the perspective of someone close to you in life talking about you. When you have finished, I want you to switch perspectives and allow your character to appreciate the divine in you, the writer to write their gratitude for having you as their writer, for the beautiful things that they appreciate about you, your bravery in going through this exercise with them, and the gift of having you write them. I hope that you enjoyed this exercise. Again, if you would like to access a written version of this so that you can move at your own pace. You can do that at my website, writeyourscreenplay.com slash meditation. I hope to see you all at the big party we're having on January 20th. And if you'd like a transcript of this podcast or any of our other podcasts, you can find them on our website, writeyourscreenplay.com.